Welcome to the Hindu Business Line podcast. My name is Muhammad Rayan. Things have been pretty chaotic since Elon Musk took over Twitter. With thousands of staff fired, many are waiting for it to collapse. As the apocalypse unfolds, other platforms have started capturing this opportunity to learn in more Twitter users. Mastodon, a decentralized social media platform built on open source software based out of Germany, appears to have grabbed the limelight so far. On November 20, it said Mastodon has just passed over 2 million active monthly users. The tweet added, The future of social media does not have to belong to a billionaire. It can be in the hands of its users. Likewise, Substack 2 is quietly introducing social features into its platform. Started in 2017, Substack helps you create a blog or an email newsletter and monetize your content. While it's free to use, Substack earns a 10% cut only when you put your newsletter behind its paywall. The company claims that it has over 1.5 million paid subscribers. Pointer reported, its top 10 earners together taking $25 million a year. Substack has raised $82.4 million in venture capital, implying a valuation of $650 million. In the last few weeks, Substack has introduced a lot of interesting features. The company started Substack Chat that allows you to directly engage with your readers. It even released a bestseller badge that came out when Twitter's $8 verification fiasco unfolded. Other features introduced include cross-post, recommendations, and mentions. Early this March, co-founder of Substack, Hamish McKenzie, announced on Twitter that they have launched an app for iOS. The company then extended the service to Android phones in October. In the last few years, Substack has gained interest among creators in India as well. One such person is Rohini Kedriwal, a Bangalore-based writer. In a chat with Business Line, Rohini told me how it was like to start the Alipo post and what it was like to use Substack to build her newsletter. I own a newsletter called the Alipo post, which is for creativity, for music, for art, for poetry, mental health. I started the newsletter in 2015. And back then it was just a Gmail. It wasn't the most curated thing in the world. Um, it wasn't a time of newsletters. So it was almost like, Chalo, even I can do this and see what happens. And it was mostly just for my friends and family. And then that's kind of the wonder of the internet because you do something and then the rest of the universe validates it and finds it and wants to be in on it. At some point when the community got bigger, I moved to Tiny Letter and that was a decent experience. But I think like Substack has come in and it's really changed how newsletters work and I guess just the creator economy altogether. It's still catching up in India, I feel, but there's a lot going on and I feel like everybody now has a newsletter. And I think it's like the blog of 2022. At least right now, every poet, every writer actually has a Substack newsletter that they've started, whether it's like a Patti Smith sharing videos from her tours or like a George Saunders having 
little snippets of his book coming out there it's also like a really smart way to monetize it everything that we consume has like a digital connotation to it so it's almost like stepping up one's game and being present in a space that is relevant now um like your twitter is changing instagram is constantly adding features it's now all about videos so even with the substack for example i know that they do have mentions they do have threads these aren't features i have particularly explored myself because for me it's almost like it's too good to be true as a platform it's like the wordpress and blogger era coming in but with a much cleaner interface it's very intuitive um i love the drag and drop feature so can you tell like how did you grow your subscribers from your friends list now you have almost more than 8000 people subscribing so it's been a very gradual shift substack as a community is really cool because they do keep you in the loop they do highlight each other's newsletters and the work for me it's just kind of been about showing up regularly enough mm-hmm. for it to have grown it's been very interesting for me to know that when i started the newsletter everyone was on facebook back then and then because i made this kind of glitch on one of these gmail um threads that i sent out everybody kind of got to know of each other and then they just wanted to hang out in their own respective cities so because of that i started like a facebook page people were just sharing it saying that if you don't know this newsletter already get in on it I think Instagram happened after that at some point. So yeah. it's almost like a culmination of things that have led to it growing, but it's never really gone the paid route for me. It's always uh-huh. like very organic. So going by what you said, it's a mix of Facebook and Instagram and I guess word of mouth and that is how you have grown your newsletter subscriber. I mean maybe all that really helped get the community in one place but also I don't keep saying like go subscribe go subscribe I know yeah. I should be doing that more <laughs> over the last few years I've seen it grow a little more rampant in a more rampant way than in the past do think substack and its network has something to do with it because like tiny right. letter never facilitated that it was a very small yeah. thing also I do feel like my newsletter is the intended format hmm. of consuming it. so Facebook Instagram it's just like a diluted version of it how is the engagement with your community like do your readers reply back to your emails and say you know rohini this is good this is awesome and how do you talk to them i mean yeah there's been constant emailing back and forth since i started this and uh-huh. a lot of people i know in my life is because of this journey i did like initially when i started the newsletter in 2016 and 2017 i hosted these alipur post offline events just to kind of have like the experience of getting on the newsletter but in a huge garden where you have poetry hanging from trees and you have workshops going on there's art galleries oh. but in a very like do it yourself approach so i think for me it's just been about like reaching out to people that inspire me and i think that's always been the case you're a writer you're a poet so how did newsletter help you build your own personal brand maybe did you get opportunity beyond you know events beyond workshops or something like that yeah i mean i think in general it's been about opening doors for me i think there's just been a lot of personal growth even something like mental health coming into the newsletter now um 
Mm-hmm. I am talk about my own mental health journey or therapy because I feel like that is something I vouch for and everybody needs to do. Mm-hmm. But there is a gentler way of like nudging people towards it. Mm-hmm. So it's almost like that is the discovery of like my personal voice that has happened through the newsletter. Like putting myself in there and actually writing more than just hand picking links for people to see or poems to read. I guess just because I've stuck around. Like someone made me a logo. Someone sent me a post box. I don't know if it's growth in personal brand or not. They just mean a lot to me at an individual level that someone believes in you. And I think even subscribe, like there is a lot more like paying subscribers now. But I do feel like people are now beginning to acknowledge that there is a lot of love and time that's gone into putting these things together. So if I've been like almost like an online therapist for say someone for years mm-hmm. it's okay to also like have a buy me a coffee kind of platform to just support mm-hmm. their work or like an amazon wish list is put out on christmas if it's within your means like they do buy a book it's just about that kind of like mm-hmm. community really not a monetary based exchange that's happening so in your experience so far of running the newsletter what advice would you give to someone who is just going to start I guess just authenticity because people do see through it when you're a copy of a copy of a copy mm-hmm. and you like just the fact that you have a space like a Substack where you can actually get paid for your words and for the work that you do or literally anything that you're exploring it's a great medium to explore but you need to also know what the you're doing As Digital Times advocates express concern over Elon Musk's handling of Twitter, there has also been a spike in the debate over online freedom of speech, content moderation and advertisement. In a blog post titled, The problem isn't that Elon Musk owns Twitter, it's that you don't. Co-founder of Substack, Hamish McKenzie, wrote, We believe that the next era of the social internet will be about deep relationships over shallow engagement, signal over noise and ownership over serfdom. McKenzie went on to add, when people have the power over platforms rather than the other way around, we can have more rewarding social experiences and healthier discourse, where we seek to understand our neighbors rather than score points against them. When the network is funded by paid subscriptions, not ads, trust relationships from viral content. While Substack has been well-received by creators in the last five years, tech pundits have also raised concern over its content moderation. They argued that what if someone, say a conspiracy theorist, uses Substack to share their content for spreading hate speech or misinformation. On this, Substack said, We commit to keeping Substack wide open as a platform, accepting of viewers from across the political spectrum. We will resist public pressure to suppress voices, that loud objectors deem unacceptable. The company went on to add, if you look at Substack's media boards today, you will see writers from the left and the right, the populist and the elite, the no-bro and the high-bro, the secular and the faithful, the activist and the academic. We are proud of this range and strongly believe that this breadth strengthens the discourse. Thank you so much for listening for today's episode. If you love this podcast, do subscribe and share.